This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Check this out, this your boy Warren G, and I just jumped off the porch with my homeboy Dirty Glove Bastard. You better ask somebody. If you don't know, now you know. Off the porch, fool. Nobody does it better. I'm sitting here tripping. My mind is blocked. Nate Dog just spit it, so it's time to. Yes, sir, yes, sir. We right back at it, y'all. We got a living legend right here jumping off the porch with us today. We got the one and only Warren G. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, man? Man, cooling, bro, man. It's, it's a pleasure to have you, you know, grace the porch, bro. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, good. sir. Yes, so Warren G, living legend in the game. Long Beach, California. Yes, indeed. Man, can you tell us about Long Beach? I mean, we, we've heard a lot about it, you know, through the years, but from your perspective, man, can you tell us, you know, like what the vibe was of Long Beach when you were coming up? Um, it was cool. Long Beach is, is, you know, really a really cool city. You have um, it's a lot of good people. You have, you know, everything that comes with a city. You know, you got sports. You got the gangbang life, you got just, you know, just cool, yeah. you know, but those are, are, you know, just like any other city, you right, know, right. any other city in, in the world, you know, yeah. we got the same thing just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's just a, a city with a good vibe, right. a lot of good people. Um, and that's that's long Beach. at what point when you were coming up did you yeah. realize that it wasn't just all fun and games in the neighborhood that yeah. it was a serious side to it too you yeah. know yeah i realized that that long beach wasn't no fun and games you know after i graduated high school right. you know to that point it was you know i was having fun like crazy but when it came time getting out of high school and just you know figuring out life yeah. you know what which path I'm gone mm-hmm. um, that's when I found out it wasn't no joke you know I didn't have no job um, was trying to make money I got kicked out the house so I was pretty much put to the street yeah you know so I had to hustle and uh you know we used to hustle on the street it was called 61st and Linden it was 61st Street but it was 61st and Linden and um, just being in that environment and you know it was a lot of gunplay, a lot of gunplay. We was getting shot at every other day. Uh, you know, we was getting at people, um, and just you know, I was like, this, this, this ain't how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so it was it was rough. Wow. It was rough, and uh, you know, a lot of people like to glorify that, like, yeah, I was selling drugs, I was doing that. This was just we was born in this shit, like we was born in it, and. Um, you know, luckily we, we had an interest in music, yeah. you know, and was doing something as well as hustling, right. you know, and, you know, even going to jail, you know, we was going, we didn't go to the penitentiary. A lot of our guys went to the penitentiary, but guys like me and Snoop, we probably was the only two out of all our homeboys that didn't 
graduate. We graduated to the county jail now. That was enough. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that was L.A. County Jail at that time was like, you know, it was really rough because you had crib modules, blood modules. You had different modules and it was gladiator school. Yeah. But, um, you know, those were the things that let me know that Long Beach was, was, was not, nothing to play with. Right. You know, as I graduated high school and became a teen and just going through the things that a young teen fresh out of high school go mm -hmm. through trying to find their way. Yeah. And um, that's what I was going through, you know, it was the hustling, the hustling mode and it was a lot of gunplay, uh, a lot of gang banging, a lot of prostitution. Um, and just seeing, you know, seeing, you know, a person get shot right in front of your face, you know, and, and getting shot at every day and then you guys having to, having to get back at people at the same time. Right. Uh, it, it was rough. Huh. It was rough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's like a lot of trauma and a yeah. lot to be dealing with, like at that young of an age yeah. and just in that short period of a time. Because like you said, like you witnessing something so traumatic and then right at the snap of a finger, you got to figure out if you can get back or yeah. if you, you know, what I mean, just, you know what that is. Yeah. Um, do you remember when you uh, first jumped off the porch? Uh, I probably was like, I jumped off the porch. Oh, <laughs> I've been off the porch all my life. Yeah. Um, I started off under the bridge, which is a uh, well-known landmark in Long Beach, California. Mm -hmm. um, I went from under the bridge with a lot of my homeboys who is dead in jail. They was all it was it was thugging at that that age, and yeah. I was I was like like seven years old then, you know. And I uh, went from under the bridge to 21st and Lewis Street. Um, and from there over to Pasadena. So I was, I, I was off the porch okay. like at a very young age. Yeah. Had to be at least like seven or eight. Word. And people that don't know, mm -hmm. you know, like the geography of mm -hmm. Los Angeles and all that, when you say Pasadena, that's yeah. a nice little distance from Long Beach. Like yeah, that's not just right up the street. It's about thirty minutes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you yeah. like for real? You you really stepping? Yeah. <laughs> you, you making yeah. a move like that? Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Word. And so like, um, I know you said you was in sports coming up. When did you find your love for music? Uh, I've always had a love for music. Uh, my father, you know, him and my mother was divorced, so he would come pick me up, and um, I would go to his house and he would just play jazz music for me and, you know, cook and things like that, which I picked up myself Word. as well, cooking, yeah. barbecuing. Oh yeah, come on. Um, Mad you ain't bringing none of that sniffing Griffin through. I will, hey, <laughs> I got you. Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, indeed, and um, my father used to just play jazz music all day. We would sit there and just lay down on the pillows and uh, just listen to jazz all day. And um, that's pretty much what pretty much trained me as far as like the soulfulness that comes out in my music uh, came from me, you know, laying on the pillows, listening to jazz with my father and um, which that led to, you know, when my father and, and Dre's mom married, I was a, a pup then too as well. And um, just being around Andre and Tyree. I looked at them as those those was my my brothers now, right you know so we became a family okay. and um just trying to be like dre he was djing 
doing his thing DJing and, and I asked him one day like can you show me how to do that and he um he showed me Word. you know and from that point on I, I wanted to be like him you yeah. know how a, the little brother wants to be like the big brother absolutely you know and um that's kind of like how that happened as far as the the DJ side okay okay you know and just you know being turned on by all the music that he was doing with the mixtapes mm -hmm. and and you know being with the world-class wrecking crew out doing this thing you know all of that inspired me Word. you know what i mean so that made me want to get into it as well as well as sports i was i was a sports guy okay but what i sport? loved music as well what sport football okay yep i played football what position? i played every position on the field from a kid all the way i even played on the line oh, okay. i ain't gonna lie from a kid all the way up <laughs> yeah one of my buddies tried to clown me i said shit the linemen get paid the most money in the NFL. Come on. Check that. <laughs> but um, I played line, I played running back, I played receiver, I played tight end, safety, corner. Yeah. Um, I even played nose guard. Oh, I, right. I mean, I played every position on the field. Yeah. Outside linebacker, because I was a big kid when I was young. And, uh, you know, that, that was my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Word. And uh, so at what point did VIP Records kind of come into, you know, the picture for you? Yeah. Like, when were you, you know, tapping into that store and, and around well, the, v, the VIP was always there, mm -hmm. you know, from me as a pup, yeah. you know, and in elementary school, VIP was always there. Um, when we started coming to the VIP, I mean, we used to just go by there anyway, mm -hmm. just to hang out, because the VIP was a spot. And, uh, you know, we see a lot of friends, everybody would meet up up at the VIP, going there buying records and stuff like that. Um, but on our journey, while we was hustling and wanting to do music as well, mm -hmm. we couldn't find no place to do like our demos. Mm -hmm. So we would go to the VIP and Calvin had a studio in the back, so we would we would, you know, ask him if we could get down in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, some some days we could, some days we couldn't. You know, and um, and who all was this going to this VIP was, and in the studio? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This was uh, me, Snoop, and Nate. Okay. Yeah, me, Snoop, and Nate, uh, which was 213. Right. That was our group name. Okay. And uh, all of us were the same guys as well. That was on, on 61st and Linden, the spot I was talking about where we was hustling. Right. Um, yeah, that... Uh, so the VIP was giving us a, a, a place to come to, mm -hmm. to try and let out our emotions and feelings through our music, yeah. you know? And even though we were still in the mix of what was going on in the neighborhood, we had that platform right there to, to go in and, and, and create music. Right. Do you remember some of those first sessions at VIP? And was that the first real studio that you recorded in? Uh, well, we had we recorded in the VIP, but then we also did our first, our real official first demo was done in an apartment. Okay. 
with my homeboy DJ Money B. Okay. Uh, right. Who's also out of out of Long Beach, who we went to high school with. Yeah. That's when we did uh, our. our uh, it was a mixtape, pretty much okay. called Long Beach is a motherfucker. Okay. And we did that right out of his house in his mother bedroom, mm -hmm. on the uh, I think it was a, a either four track or eight track recorder, right. and turntable and mixer in a SP twelve hundred. Yeah. And uh. That was our official first demo, but like I said, during the hustling stages, the VIP was giving us a platform at the same time. And uh, I mean, it was cool, you know, just being in there, uh, getting a chance to be around Slice, who we, we respected, he was a DJ. Mm -hmm. Just watching him do his thing and do beats and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that, was that was real dope, yeah. you know. But the... Uh, just being able to, to go to the studio with Draynham at Audio Achievements, that yeah. was another, I was still hustling now, yeah. I was still hustling, but you know, every now and then I would get to go to Audio Achievements where Draynham was to hang out, you know, and that was my official first, uh, uh, you know, time just being in a real studio. Okay. And um, I used to come and hang out so much that they even put me on a skit. Huh. You know, it was called One Nine Hundred to Compton on the Niggas for Life album. Yeah. You know, I was the one in the, in the jail saying, "Man, get your motherfucking hands off me!" Oh, <laughs> that was funny. That was me. Word, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that was my my first real first experience as as you know just being in the studio. Yeah, and mm -hmm. did you know like when you you know during those first sessions during those early sessions. Did you know, like, man, we got it. Like, we got this. Like, what, did it kind of yeah. come like that, or was it a lot of um, work and building? It was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, if you listen to this DJ, you'll hear me talk about the Voltron crew. Mm -hmm. The Voltron crew was, was my crew. Like, it was me, Snoop, the twins. Mm -hmm. uh, we had tons of people. I can't, I can't name everybody. It yeah. was Steve. It was Antonio Red. It was Fabian, Tick. Uh, well, Baby Papa and Tick, which I mentioned in this DJ, mm -hmm. uh, it was just, we was like the, you know, the Fat Albert gang back <laughs> in the day. But, yeah. but we used to sell candy uh, for this dude named Steve. Mm -hmm. And while we were selling candy after work, what we would do is we would, in the van, everybody would do, be freestyling. And that right there was like the, the, the training facility for us in the van freestyling after we were selling candy for this dude yeah you know on our way back home mm -hmm. that's all we did he would take us to McDonald's to get a big Mac value pack because that's when they first came out yeah and uh that right there was our our training playground so everybody that was in that mix mm -hmm. was dope so that's how I knew that you know once we got older and we was doing our thing, you know, able to go to the VIP, go to Money B. You know, I knew that we had it because everybody would would be captivated by what we was doing. Mm -hmm. You know, Nate would be singing, you know, Snoop would be rapping and shit, I beatbox or I rap doing some freestyling. And uh what one of the crazy things that uh that was happening back then, I was so much of a, a you know, looking up to Dre so much that they had a song called The Cabbage Patch. Okay. So I was able to hear the shit before anybody. So 
what I would do, I, I learned this song. So when I got into the Voltron crew, into the van, I started rapping the song. They were like, damn, that nigga bussin'. I'm rapping his verse. And, uh, you know, that, that, was, that was like a, a moment, you know, it, it was a trip. I was dope now, don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but, you know, that's how much I looked up to, to Dre and wanting to be like him. I had learned the song and everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those were, those were the, uh, the training sessions for us. You know, so by the time, you know, we was able to, to you know, actually we was getting shot down a lot. Mm. We was getting shot down like crazy, you know, from a lot of record companies and, you know, people were trying to get to work with us. Mm -hmm. I even mailed cassette tapes to Kara Lewis and, mm. you know, uh, uh, Eric B and Rakim. I mailed demo tapes to these people, like yeah. mailing them to them just so they could hear us. Huh, so you buying the tapes, seeing the address, like on, in yeah, the credits and, and yeah. all of that. And, and I mail it, I mailed the demo <laughs> tapes yeah. to them. Ultimate hustle. And, uh, you know, it, it uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it panned out and just to, you know, get in the lab finally and, you know, get a taste of it. Mm -hmm. We knew what we had already. We knew we was doing shit that was different from everybody. Yeah. You know, cause you had Nate singing, he was on some R&B shit, singing, you know, R&B gangster shit. Right. Nobody wasn't doing it like that. Right. Yeah. You know, and then you One had of the first Snoop. people you heard cussing but singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you know, know. Snoop was the smooth macadamia. Yeah. You know, and I was I was the uh, I was Sir Cool. That's what they used to call me, Word. Sir Cool. You know, because I would, you know, one of my uh, guys that inspired me as well was Jimmy Spicer, Count Cool Out. You know, he used to have that little, I get down, I get down, I get down all the way. Mm. I rock to the rhythm of the double R rocking, this is what I say. So my style was, was kind of like that, ah. you know, because I loved what he was doing. Because yeah. he was like, had different characters in, in his rhymes. Mm. So that's where, if you hear me, like in Endo Smoke, where me and Mr. Green was, H&R puffed the stuff in your lungs, sipping on the chronic, getting straight sprung. Mm -hmm. You know, we was, we, I would do that yeah. during my raps. Right. You know, yeah. so, you know, we, we had, we, we was different from everybody. So, and we knew that what we was doing was different. So mm -hmm. people just didn't understand it. You know, so one day um, I hit Dre. I was like, man, what's going on? Cause I used, like I said, I used to go to audio achievements, go hang out with them. You know, and then get my ass back into the hood. And so one day I called him and, and I was like, uh, look, man, can I come hang out? Cause it was, it was pretty rough in the city. There was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things going on in the city. So I was trying to get out. Mm. And uh, so he was like, come up, you know, come hang out. I'm doing a, a bachelor party for LA Dre. And so Shit, I hopped in my homeboy Rod, he had an RX-7, and my, my other homeboy Kenny Mack, we jumped in the car, went up to, uh, went up to the, it was a, the, I think it was the Bonaventure Hotel, it was one of those big hotels down in LA. Went in and hung out, you know, I'm young, but seeing all these strippers and beautiful ladies, and uh, they was playing music, so I asked LA Drake, can I play this? Why they was, you know, because the music was like the same stuff. So I yeah. gave it to him. He popped it in. He started playing the shit. Mm. And then he was like, damn, this shit banging. 
He was like, who is this? I said, this is me. I said, this is me, my homeboy Snoop and Nate Dog. He said, I've been trying to let Dre hear it <laughs> to let him know, you know, we got some, we got yeah. some good shit. And uh, he was like, what, you know, have you let him hear it? I said, no, I, I didn't want to let him hear it. Mm. Because he had shot us down a couple of times at the family functions. But it, you know, it was all good. And uh, so he called him over there and was like, Dre, listen to this. He was like, this shit is dope. Mm. So Dre came over and was like, nodding his head like, that's hard. Yeah. He was like, who was that? I was like, that's me, Snoop and Nate. He was like, that's y'all. I was like, yeah. He was like, shit. He said, that shit hard. He said, shit, y'all come up to the studio on Monday, mm. you know? And uh, I hope I ain't jaw jacking too no, much. No, 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 that's perfect. Cause <laughs> so, I was gonna ask you yeah, like how so, you introduced, yeah, you know, Snoop to Dre, so it's perfect. Yeah, so um, at that time, it was a lot of people that was kind of like in Snoop ear, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like trying to break him off and to do his own thing yeah. on the solo tip. And it kind of had me upset, had Nate upset, so we were just like tripping. So we was kind of added a little bit. We all stayed in the same place mm -hmm. at my homeboy Rump house, because we was all in the street. But yeah. Rump and Christine and Kim and Keishan gave us a place to lay our head. And um, so he was out on the move. So I called him like Snoop. Um, I talked to Dre and he wants to come to the studio on Monday. And he was like, nigga, fuck you, nah. Boom, hang the phone up. So I called him back like, man, listen to me, Snoop. Dre want us to come to the studio on Monday. Let me call him on the three-way. Yeah. And that's when I hit the thing. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> do, 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 call Dre. I was like, Andre, would you please tell Snoop that you want us to come to the studio on Monday? He was like, yeah, this, this Dre. Yeah, I want you guys to come to the studio on Monday. He, Snoop was like, this Dr. Dre? He was like, yeah, this is Dre. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, man. And uh, after that, you know, we linked up and was, was celebrating and shit. Cause we yeah. thought we made it. We was like, oh shit, we made it. Oh, we going up there right, with Dre. Right. And uh, so come Monday, uh, it was time, we was heading on up there and yeah. we didn't really, we didn't, we didn't have a ride up there. So my homeboy Rump, who we was living with, he had this Ford, I forgot what kind of Ford it was, but it was, we driving in that motherfucker rolling and we took the street the whole way to Hollywood from yeah. Long Beach. So every time we get to the light, you know how you got to yeah. keep pushing the gas so you could keep going. So we did that all the way to Hollywood and uh, we got in there with Dre. And the first thing he did was was throw a beat on. It was a it was a hold on and uh, the big payback. It was it was mixed together. It was cold. Yeah. And uh, Snoop did a song right then and there called Gangsta's Life. Wow. And Just freestyle, like right there on the spot? Or, he did or it he right there on the spot. Yeah. You know, and Dre was blowed away like, damn, shit. Like, this nigga dope. Yeah. And then he was like, shit, let's keep working. So we kept working. And, you know, we was working so much, he was like, look, Warren, Snoop, you guys come stay with me so y'all can get up out the neighborhood. Mm you know, get out the hood and come live with me and let's work. Yeah. So we moved in with Dre and just started working and working and working and just yeah. 
you know, doing music and. Wow, man, you done connected the, yeah. some of the craziest dots in hip hop yeah. history. I mean, I couldn't imagine if, if, if you wouldn't have been persistent yeah. and connected those dots. Like, we yeah. wouldn't have so many classics. I mean, just yeah. the culture wouldn't be moved in the way yeah. that it even is. Yeah. Do you ever sit back and recognize that? I don't really be tripping. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm just loving to do music. Absolutely. Keep doing music, still doing it like, as yeah. if it was when I first started, yeah. you know, I just love, I love doing music, right. you know. But that, that lane that, that had opened it up for Corrupt, Daz, um, uh, RBX, yeah. Nate Dog, you know. And um, as a matter of fact, Corrupt, <laughs> this is how we met Corrupt. We met him at the Roxy. Uh, okay. Uh, in a battle, him and Snoop. Okay, they was well, battling okay, in front I heard of the Roxy. That nigga corrupt was hard than a motherfucker. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, he was yeah. hard as fuck. I was like, shit. I said, Snoop, you got a battle on your motherfucking hands uh, here. Yeah. And uh, got some Philly, be some beasts. It <laughs> ended up being like a draw. Because uh. he was like, you got a pinky ring on your finger. <clears throat> he said, you got a pinky ring on your finger, and that's true. But if you look at mine, I got one too. And it was like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, but they was they was going at it back and forth, yeah. and uh, so it was it wasn't really no it wasn't no it, it was kind of like a draw. So yeah. we everybody backed up, and uh, and uh, uh, I got his number. Yeah, I got a corrupt number, and uh, I told him I said, man, look, I'm gonna call you in about a week or two to come up. I want to do some music with yeah. you. So got him up to the house, did a demo tape on him, let Dre and Shug and them hear it, and um, they signed him immediately. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So you you yeah. was an A and R without like even you know without even Not knowing even what an A and R is or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I just want to see people win. Yeah. You know I want to see people win. Um, you know I, I you know I do as far as like uh want people to know what i have done yeah i just don't i i'm just not one of those type of dudes that's like i did this right. i did that all. Right. i'm responsible for this i'm right. responsible for that i let the actions you know and the things that happen yeah. say that Humble instead giant. of me instead of me bragging about it but absolutely i need to start speaking up because the young world don't know absolutely you know and i mean, I mean that's man? you know that was a huge reason why i reached out to dj funky to yeah. you know ask you to be on the platform because <clears throat> me being a fan and yes, knowing you know your contribution to hip-hop i know that our audience may not know that may not right. even know that like some of their favorite music from today is influenced mm -hmm. from things that yeah. you know that you did um yeah. i mean even bro your song regulate is mm -hmm. one of the most legendary songs in hip-hop mm -hmm. like it's amongst like it i feel like yo i feel like regulate is in like a top five of songs that like Almost yeah. everybody in the world knows, you know what I mean? Yeah. Will Smith Summertime is in that yeah, list. Yeah. Regulators <laughs> in that you know what I mean? Like it's you know, like you're in a and and uh what do they say, rare company. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So absolutely, man, like your contributions, you know, should be told and and people should give you your flowers. So yeah. nah for sure, man, for sure. Oh um, yeah. So and in, in, in connecting these dots and doing all that, I always thought it was interesting that, you know, you were the only artist kind of from that circle 
that was on Def Jam. You yeah. know, everybody else was, you know, Death Row, um, yeah. you know, Interscope, you know, everything mm -hmm. West Coast Dillons, but you were on Def Jam. Can you speak to how that came about? Well, I mean, we was doing our thing, um, you know, just putting in a lot of work, you know. Uh, it was a couple situations where I bumped heads with, with Suge a couple times. Okay. Um, you know, during our workings and stuff like that. So I don't think he really dug me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Creatively or like what type of? It was just, you know, I just wasn't like a motherfucker that was just gonna sit there and just go for anything. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and he probably would say himself that I'm not mad at Warren for saying, don't sign that contract, mm -hmm. you know? Cause it's, it's a person being a, a businessman about it, you know, don't sign and get a lawyer. He would tell somebody that, you know what I mean? So, but that's what was going on with some of the artists that was, you know, signed to the label. So I told them, like, look, don't sign that shit, man. Get a lawyer. Yeah. You know, even though we, we love Dre and Suge is our homeboy, we, we, we with these guys, but at the same time, we, you can't just sign anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my constituents uh, took it upon himself and went and told him what I said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he came out and was furious. And then, we're worn that blood. <laughs> I took off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he caught up with me. You know, we locked up. He slammed me against the wall. And uh, he was like, you know, telling me, pissed off. You know, blood, you told him not to do And I was like, yeah, shit. And I was like, man, did you know, get your hands off me. You know? And uh, so I think that's kind of like what started the, the separation there. You know, it was a, a few altercations where it was just, you know, things, we was bumping heads a little bit, so it wasn't gonna work for me, and, and I guess that's how he felt, you know? So I started getting left out of a, a lot of things, mm -hmm. you know? So I was like, I hit, I got at Dre, like, what's up, man, what's going on? But, but what led me to that is, the tour was starting and everybody was going on tour, and everybody was situated with, tickets and with their roles and what they was going to do but me yeah you know so i get to the airport i got my shit like nigga it's on we getting ready to go on tour yeah i always wanted to go on tour and didn't have shit yeah so i i was pissed off about that so i got at dre and i was like damn what's up man and he was like warm just be your own man and do you yeah you know what i'm saying so it, it was like a, a let off like pretty much like nigga, just go do your shit and yeah. create your shit. You don't want to get down with what's going on pretty yeah. much. It's, that's kind of like how it felt. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was crushed, you know, I was, I was hurt about the situation. So I just went back to the shit where I, that I didn't want to go to. Yeah. I was back in the Revolt is building the largest platform for black creators globally. Become a member of our network at revoltcreators.com. The future is ours to create. Sleeping on the floor, mm. um, had my drum machine, my crate of records and my mixer, and um, back back on the floor. You wow. know, mind you, we had just, this is, we had did the whole Chronic album, huh. you know, so I was just, 
pissed. Yeah, like, I can imagine. You know, because we, we did that for we did that for Dre. We wanted Dre to get the best, and we wanted him to win so bad because right. he was solo away from NWA, and it was kind of like they was kind of tripping on him. So we right. came in to back him up mm -hmm. and make him as big as, as he as we could for him. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as me doing production going out buying the records but getting the samples sampling them giving them to dre like dre what this sound like yeah. that shit is dope came out turned out to be let me ride mm -hmm. you know was in carson searching for records came back had another record boom dre played it boom g thing mm -hmm. you know oh i bought the whole black exploitation uh uh movie soundtracks came yeah. in there got a lot of the skits off of there for the mm -hmm. chronic album the the uh, the dolomite shit you know a lot of that stuff like even the the skit with you really don't understand do you in order for make this thing work came with that yeah. you know what i mean then i i did the uh the d's nuts skit right yeah Called i was gonna, I was gonna talk about that yeah for sure uh, yeah. and we did that so we we was just working to help dre blow up you okay. know what i mean we mm -hmm. wanted him to blow up he was so incredible he 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 taught me yeah you know, he taught me how to how to work the MPC 60, him and 187 from above the law. Mm -hmm. But Dre really showed me in depth what to do on there. So yeah. from him showing me that, that was the love shown back to him mm -hmm. by me finding these samples right. and doing this and that and this. You know, he taught me how to splice tape, put it back together. Mm. And, uh, you know, that was just the love being showed back for you you know, helping us and, and, and teaching us. Right. You know, so that's that's how everything had went at that point. But like I said, um, I went back to sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Had my crater records that I helped with the chronic. I had all my shit right mm -hmm. there, my mixer and a 45. And uh, I got a, a actually I got a phone call. Uh, let me take it back. Let me that this I went back to the, you know, back to the floor. So I was I was back in the neighborhood, you know, back to the regular shit. So I was still out moving and, and doing music, trying to work with guys. So I found uh, a, a, a two MCs called Mr. One. His name was Mr. Graham and Zagu. Okay. That, that was their names. Okay. And so I did music on them. Okay. Yeah, I was about to ask and you then, how Endo Smoke came yeah, about. And then I was doing music on them. And then Zagu and Mr. Graham kind of like separated. So I was starting to do a lot of music with Mr. Graham. So I did, uh, I had the, uh, that Blowfly sample, Rap Dirty. Sampled it, put a bunch of drums up under it. And um, I hope you didn't hear that. I, I had burped a little bit. <laughs> um, so what I did is I put, I, I took Rap Dirty, found a, a dope part in there, put some drums up under it, put some scratches. I was even scratching, uh, uh, it's a uh, Betty Wright. I was scratching that up in there. If you listen to it close, you'll hear yeah. Betty Wright. And, oh, oh, I was scratching all that shit up right. in there. And uh, we did Endo Smoke and Endo Smoke was 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 dope as dope as fuck yeah you know and i still used to go around snooping them even though mm -hmm. i was like kind of like on the outskirts yeah 
Um, we also had a song, I forgot the name of it, but it was the sample, uh, Little Ghetto Boy. Oh, okay, yeah. So I had, I did the song with Mr. Grimm, and Dre had heard that song. He mm -hmm. was like, that shit is hard. So he, I let, I said, go ahead, you redo it. Mm -hmm. So he redid, and that ended up being Little Ghetto Boy. Wow. Because I had the drums going like this. Boom, boom, bat, bat, yeah. boom, bat, boom, boom, bat, huh. bat, boom, bat, boom, ah, boom, uh -huh. bat. And then Dre took it and he did his own drums and did his own, a different drum pattern to it. And that shit was dope. And then had live instrumentation on it. What you gonna do when you grow up? That shit was dope <laughs> as fuck. So all of that stuff was going on. And I even had uh, got a call from uh, MC Breed. Okay. You know, which was my first introduction into Tupac. Okay, word. Because MC Breed had a song called, you got to, I mean, no, he, yeah, you got to get yours. Yep. I got to get, get mine. mine. Yeah. I produced that. Word. And that okay. was the record yeah. that introduced me to Tupac, Word. which was also some of my first production, like yeah. outside, of, outside of my brother now. Yeah. That and Endo Smoke. So, and in, I, so in hindsight, you know, the tough love that Dre mm -hmm. gave you, you know, and telling you like, mm -hmm. man, mm -hmm. go be your own man. Even though at the time you said you was crushed and it didn't seem like, you know, the right thing, in hindsight, that really helped you to expand and, yeah. and, and take your sound even further and, yes, and, 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 you know, work with other artists and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Like I said, I was crushed, but I had, I had got like the, like Rocky said, the eye of the tiger, like I, it was just something that, that came in me. Like, yeah. I ain't going out like that. I gotta, I gotta do my thing. So how did you, how did you take that energy of, you know, being so disappointed and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that and actually turn that into fuel to, you know, make you work harder and, you know, push harder? Man. Because a lot of times those types of things bring resentment man. to us. Yeah. And, and man, sometimes, man, we'll spiral and take ourselves yeah. steps backwards, you know, going through all the negative energy yeah. that we'll put in. So how'd you, how'd you come out of that? Well, that was exactly what it did. Exactly what it did. It, it, it you know, all of that just made me work harder. Yeah. It just made me go harder and just, like I said, gave me the eye of the tiger, just wanting to, to let the world hear what I was doing at the same time, I, I wish I could have been with my buddies, but I started giving the, the, a lot of the, the, that energy that I had built up to MC Breed, mm -hmm. to Tupac, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I did, uh, you gotta get yours, I gotta get mine, which led to me doing uh, MC Breed's whole album. Wow. I did that whole album, and I had Endo Smoke at yeah. the same time, which, like I said, I was still going by the studios with Dre and Snoop and them, so I popped into the studio one day while they was doing, um, actually it was Who Am I, mm. Snoop's record, Who Am I, mm. and uh, Paul Stewart and John Singleton was in there at the same time looking for songs for their soundtrack, and oh. that was a record that Dre was doing for the soundtrack. So what, what movie? What film? Poetic Justice. Okay. So I was in there, so I was like, look, I said, man, I got a song can you, you know, listen to this record? So Paul Stewart was like, yeah, come on. So we went out to the car. I had a, a Burgundy Regal, had a little bit of beat in it, popped in a tape, and I started playing Endo Smoke. Wow. So it went on for like maybe, maybe about 20, 30 seconds, and he said, stop, man. 
So I immediately, I was like, looked at this, I was like, man, fuck this motherfucker. He straight about to diss me. So he said, can I take the tape? I said, go ahead, take it. He said, I want to listen to it. Yeah. And uh, he called me a few days after that and said, Warren, we want this to be our first single on the Poetic Justice soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So I was like, are you serious? He was like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. We want this to be our first single. So yeah. we did the deal, finally got me a little bit of cheese. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh shit. You know, first thing I did was help out my sister. And, you know, you know the girl I was with, helped, you know, gave her some money and yeah. just whoever my family, whatever, I was helping people. What did that and, uh, feel like, bro? Like your first rap check and something significant too. Like, what did that feel like, bro? Um, it felt great. You yeah. know, it felt great. But like I said, I started helping the people who helped me. Right, right. In the beginning, but my very first rap check where I got signed as a as a Warren G. That shit was. I was like, God damn. But guess what I did? Mm -hmm. I went and bought my own equipment because mm. I was like, you know what? I'm not getting ready to spend. 1500 a day in the, in the, in the studio. Yeah. I get my own stuff and do my own shit. So That's I went and got an apartment, got my own equipment, yeah. set my shit up in my little apartment, my one bedroom apartment, two bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. One room was the equipment, one room was my bed. Word. And did it like that with my, with my first, uh, yeah. first check that I got. You okay. know, I, didn't, I didn't go crazy. So you was being smart with your money yeah, then? Yeah, being because, smart and I yeah. bought a Jeep. I bought a Jeep Cherokee. Word. And um, that, you know, that's what had happened, you know, with the with the, the big check that I got from Dev Jam. Yeah. But like I was saying, the Poetic Justice soundtrack, I got the first single. So that blew up. It went gold mm -hmm. immediately. That blew up. And so a record company started calling. So Paul and, and John hit me one day and said, Dev Jam want to talk to you. Okay. You know, and at that time, it was a lot of companies uh, like inquiring yeah. but none of them was you know they were just all inquiring so now i'd heard a story uh -huh. tell me if this is true at all i heard a story that uh like some of the labels were actually calling vip records looking for you is that accurate or i don't i don't remember that one okay okay it might they might have been okay you know what i'm saying but i don't i don't, I don't remember it okay um so i talked to dev jam and it was uh it was chris lighty leor cohen and tracy waples and um we was all on the phone just talking and they was like, well, we, we want to, we want the guy, we want, we want one of the, the artists that's on that record that you produce. So I was like, hey, it's all good. I, I give him a call. Uh, and it's Mr. Grimm. I let him know what time it is that, you know, you guys want to get with him, you know. And he, they was, at, they were saying like, we love what he do. He had, uh, the, the dude, he was kind of doing like a singing vibe to his, his yeah. uh, he said, I, he, to what he was doing. So I said, you mean the second guy that was rapping? He's like, yeah, the, the, the guy that, that was, that when it came on, the next guy. Yeah. So I said, shit, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you try. I you, said, that's me. <laughs> you passing off so many opportunities, yeah. man. You about to pass your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I said, that's me. And, uh, they was like, we want to sign you. Word. <laughs> and uh, how did that feel? That was incredible, cause like I said, it was it was labels checking in like crazy. Yeah. So I had to think about it, and I was what came to, to what made me pick Def Jam was Beat Street. 
Crush Groove. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, yeah. Eric B and Rakim, you know, because they was all part of that Def Jam, Kara Lewis, the, the, the Russell Simmons, Rick Rubin, all that era. So I'm like, these motherfuckers, this is hip hop yeah. right here. So yeah. I want to be a part of that. So did the deal. Right. When and, uh, you were signed to Def Jam, did you ever, because this was also during the time of this East Coast, West Coast stuff, too. Yeah. So, yeah. like, had you ever experienced any of that Nothing. type of energy being on a label that's mainly East Coast, but you being a West Coast artist? None of that. Okay. I, actually, the only, the only, only thing that, that, uh, that happened uh, during, you know, during that time, because I was in New York a lot, the only thing that, that was kind of like, on some on some bullshit was when I went to Willie Burgers one day down in Harlem okay. and uh motherfucking wheelchair he rolled up and was like motherfucking West Coast niggas and tripping. So I'm like, damn, they like what's up? He tripping, he had some goons with him too. So it, it was me and my brother in law. So I, I told Kenny I'm gonna go to the car real quick. So I walked back because we had the van parked right in front of the burger place. So I went right back in the car and I act like I was sitting down, but when I sat down, I was like, lack, lack. Uh. Threw my shit back on my hip and I came back outside. Yeah. And then uh, one of my buddies was friends with a, with a, uh, with a, with a, with a uh, G from Queens. I don't want to get into, I ain't yeah. into saying people's names yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But one of my guys was really huge from Queens. So he knew, he know everybody. Yeah. So. I told my, my guy that this motherfuckers is tripping over here. So he reached out to my folks. That was one of the guys that fuck with my people who lived is from Har the Harlem boss. So the Harlem boss pulled up, mm. you know, and then it was another boss that owned the, uh, there was another boss in there. He owned the, uh, the, 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 uh, the soul food spot. I think it was called Sylvia's or something okay, like that. Yeah, he was yeah, a boss. Sylvia's. Oh yeah. And so they all came over there, and once they learned who my guy was, that they knew, yeah. they told them, "Look, you better get, you better back up. Yeah. You know, you bet you gotta get, you gotta back up. That ain't, that ain't, yeah. that's not cool. Get, that ain't, ain't nothing gonna turn out great if you get to fucking with him." Yeah. And uh, so I went through that that incident, and but that was it. Other than yeah. that, I had a, a buddy named Benny Rat that uh, when we first got there, as me and the twins, he took us all around Harlem. Mm. Uh, so we never experienced like motherfuckers being outside at three and the four, three, four in the morning, little kids outside, people braiding hair, riding bikes, yeah. playing. Three, four in the morning, I'm right. at, in LA, we in the house at 10, 30, 11 right, right. o'clock. Yeah. It's like crazy. Really so the city that never sleeps. <laughs> it, was, it was a trip. So all of that stuff had like, like really tripped us out. But as far as any Bad energy, I never got that. Everybody showed me love. LL Cool J came and picked me up, mm. took me to Queens, showed me where he started at. I even seen the the, uh, the Suzuki Jeep that he had and Tina got a big old butt. Wow. I seen his his closet, he showed me all, I never seen that many clothes in my life, his <laughs> shoes. Yeah. And um, Heavy D came and fucked with me. Heavy D called me on the phone. Just everybody was showing me love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they was calling me. Run DMC showed me so much love. Yeah. Everybody was just showing love. Right. And um, as a matter of fact, I was even out there when the shit happened where Snoop when, and was in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and the shots rang. Mm. 
Yeah. I was out there too. I, me and Grand Poopa was in the club partying. Oh wow. <laughs> I was a young buck Grand though, Poopa but I was. But my thing ever, was, it, it's kind of like today, like how you got, uh, like a like a like Thugger, and Thugger fucking with, uh, Ice T or somebody. You know, like just showing like I'm a young dude. I always wanted, I look up to you guys, so I always wanted to be around y'all. Yeah. So, I, Grand Poopa was my guy. On, Him man. and Special K and all, I was like, Absolutely. I was a fan. So, yeah, for sure. me and Grand Poopa in the club partying like a motherfucker. Grand Poopa, the freshest nigga ever, bro. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I got a call what happened, and I immediately started calling, contacting Snoop and them, and we all just, you know, met up, you know, and they was telling me what happened. But I was there. Um, can't speak on a lot of it, but yeah, yeah. the radio station shit, that shit, huh. I heard it myself. I was in the car, what, what was said on the radio. Wow. But, but yeah. it was like, but that was my guy at the same time. Like, damn, nigga, I just came to your neighborhood to talk to you about squashing shit. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, I, it, it be other people involved, you know what I mean? Like other, other people. And, in motherfuckers' ears yeah, and shit, so sure. it's never the, the two main people. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. It, that's always how it yeah. is, yeah. It's never the two main people. It's yeah. always some folks in the entourage, some other yeah. folks got something to prove, Yeah. and then the main cats gotta now be involved. Yeah. Got, you know what I mean? The love was real, though. New York showed me mega love. Word. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you who, who was one of my dogs, too. When I first came out there, uh, me and my brother-in-law again, we was out there. Uh, New York, and we went to a modeling party. Okay. Uh, with Russell. Oh, okay. Word. And uh, he was like, "Look, <clears throat> don't worry about things in here. Just it's a lot of beautiful women in here. You know." He was like, "Just don't <laughs> because you know it's different things." Yeah. So we ain't used to that shit. You know, like seeing like gay guys and shit and women and all in the same we ain't, we ain't used to that right 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 and at so this time was, this was a whole different time yeah so it, was, it was it was a whole different time yeah. so we wasn't used to right all of that but that was the modeling world yep so he was just like man it's a lot of beautiful women here that's just you know that's what it is just that's there it is yeah ladies that's what we here for yeah and uh uh Andre Harrell had came and hung out with us. So it was me, Russell, and Andre Harrell, and my brother-in-law. And uh, they broke out some champagne that I've that seen in the 70s movies. It was called Mums. Huh. They broke that shit out. And uh, so I was like, shit, you know, they pouring glass. We having drinks of champagne. So I said, Russell, I said, shit, I got some weed. Do you mind? I had snuck some weed over there. I yeah. had to, back then they had chocolate tie. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. On the, the stick. chocolate stick. I had the real yeah. chocolate, the oh, yeah, dark yeah. chocolate tie on the stick. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. And uh, tastes like you smoking a tootsie roll or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I rolled that shit up. I smoked some with me and me, Russell and Andre Harrell and Kenny Mack. We blazing that motherfucking. I was like, I was, that's when I knew I was like, this nigga Russell is a cool motherfucker. I'm glad I signed with this nigga. Word. You know, and, and Andre Herrera, every time we would bump heads, he would always give me game. Mm. Like he'd tell me something like, Warren, you should do this, da 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 mm -hmm. I still got shit in my head that he told me. Word. I just haven't, you know, told anybody the idea that he told me to yeah. do it because you got to watch it. A motherfucker steal your shit, you know, so I have to put it together myself and then mm. let, it, let it out. Mm -hmm. 
but I, I do still have ideas and I'm going to do it still. Yeah. You know, rest in peace, Andre Herrera. Yeah, word. Yes, indeed. But uh, it was love. New word. York showed the utmost respect and love. Nah, that's what's up, man. And uh, do you remember recording the song Regulate and like how that all came about? Yeah, well, Regulate, uh, I do remember recording it to a T. Um, I bought the record. I bought a crate of records at uh, Roscoe's. It was a dude out there selling records for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. I told him, look, man, here go 500, I, I think it's about $500. I gave him, I took the whole crate and went home because that's what I would do, go get my records and just go through them, listening, listening, you know, trying to find shit. And so I ran across the, uh, Michael McDonald, I keep forgetting. And uh, what a dude, it was Michael McDonald and the Doobie Brothers. And when I, I heard the song, I knew it because of my parents. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, I need to redo this motherfucker like on some hip hop shit. So I sampled it, you know, I sampled it in, in uh, different parts and then uh, had some keys played in certain parts. Mm-hmm. And um, just, it, the beat was already, already, you know, I had it all pieced and put together. I still, as a matter of fact, I still got the discs. Oh, wow. That I used in my, and I got the MPC 60 that I used. Oh, wow. To yeah. do Regulate and what, the one, the one of the MPCs that we worked on on the Chronic mm-hmm. album. I have it still. Yeah. And, uh. Were you and Nate in the studio while you were making the beat or you made the beat nah, separately? No, I did, I did the whole, I did everything by myself. Okay. You know, so at that time, you know, I had the beat there, but I had to make it make sense. So at that time, we used to say, uh, we got to regulate this shit. Y'all regulate that shit over there. That was our word yeah. over there at Def, at Def Jam, at Def Row, I mean. Oh, okay. We used to say that. That was the Def Row days. Well, we used to say, man, we got to regulate that shit. And uh, so I was like, I'm sitting up here looking at the, the uh, Young Guns one day, because that was one of my, my favorite movies, and I heard the dude say, regulators, mm. regulate any still in this property, we're dead. No, he said, regulate. We, he said, work for Mr. Tisdale as regulators. Regulate any still of his property. Huh. And then there was another part that went down, he said, and we're damn good too. And then I took the other part and it said, but you can't be any geek off the street. That's right. And then I hit him, gotta be handy with the still, if you know what I mean, yeah. earn your keep. So I pieced off this, ah. I made the, the all those words. Okay. I always wondered I if that was one straight like. No, I ch- I took this piece, that piece, mm. that like like a pe- a puzzle, just yeah. chopping different chops and yeah. putting them together, and um and uh once I did that, uh, uh how did you know that the regulators mount up? Because that's, that that's, so that's what that's what Emilio Estevez said in on the on the, in the movie. He yeah. said regulators. Mount up. <laughs> so I was like, regulators, mount up. Yeah. Mimicking him. Word. And uh, so what I did was, that wasn't on there yet. The regulators, mount up. Okay. That wasn't on there yet. The, the intro was there mm-hmm. and, and the, the uh, regulators, regulate, you know, all that was there. Mm-hmm. And then I called Nate. I said, Nate, I said, I got, a, I got one. I think it's a, a really good record. I said, come over, come put your verse on here. Let's go do a back and forth like Snoop and Dre did with G-Thang. So Nate came over and I played the beat and he was, you know, Nate was, he'd have a, uh, have him some Hennessy and he, Nate got that, that face, he'd be like, mm. 
Like, he'd be, like, looking mean and shit, like, have his Hennessy and shit. He ain't saying shit. He'd just sit there. So I was like, fuck it. Let's, let's do four and four. So freestyle. Yeah. I straight came off on a freestyle on there. I said, it was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the Eve so I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. But when I meant, when I said skirts, I'm talking about women, Yeah. you know, and uh, trying to get some headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, uh, so Nate came right in, just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Yeah. Cause he he going off of what I said, cause I'm going to get some girls. So you know you know what time it is. Right. You know he right. on the mission trying to find me, cause he know I'll be yeah. on the move. <laughs> and uh, and then and then I'm, I moved that into a, to a situation where it's like I turned into the wrong. Right. situation in the hood like you know I ended up being in some shit that I didn't didn't want to get in which was a this was a real story mm -hmm. uh as far as like some shit that some of my homeboys it was a whole I was there but I couldn't help right I couldn't regular I couldn't do nothing because I, did, I ain't had no these niggas had mm -hmm. choppers yeah it ain't nothing you could do so my homeboys was getting robbed and I couldn't it wasn't nothing I could do you know we couldn't do shit or get killed yeah you know what I mean so we just had to take that on the chin but it was it was a story of that uh along with some of the other things that you know we we would go through I just told the story of that along with some of the things that we experienced right. at the same time I put it all in one one song and uh I was like shit I'm tweaking into a whole new era I wanted to to, to like separate myself like on some other shit like yeah. I'm tweaking into a whole new era G-Funk step to this idea funk on a whole new level and then I was like neighbors like the rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble and then I came in chords strings we brings melody and there's G-Funk where rhythm is life and life is rhythm and that that shit was like I mean I don't I don't know how we pieced it together but yeah. as far as like how it came together so so smooth and we was confused we were stuck because we didn't have a hook mm. so I was like shit fuck it let's just leave the shit like it is for people to imagination to take over yeah right after they hear the story that we told let's just let the imagination take go from there yeah and that's what happened. Wow, and but as, as far as as far as regulate regulate being put on like mm -hmm. blowing up that part I um I was actually in the studio with with Dre and a, and my other cat Mike Lynn they was in the studio working on some things and um I let Dre here regulate he was like oh that's cool uh. mm. so I was like damn yeah <laughs> I'm crushed again. <laughs> So I call, uh, I tell Mike, I say, Mike, listen to this, man. Let me let you hear this. So we get in the car. So I'm, once again, I pop the tape in, playing it. Yeah. Mike was like, shit, let me have this tape, Warren. So I said, take it. Yeah. Nigga called me the next day and said, Jimmy Iovine want this to be the first single off the Above the Rim soundtrack. Wow. So I had to go to Russell and Lior and them like, look, 
I know you, this is kind of crazy, but Death Row want to use Regulate on the Above the Rim soundtrack. So then those, those connections got put together. Wow. And ended up being the first single off, that, off the Above the Rim, catapulting that whole soundtrack to four million records sold. So what we did was we piggybacked off of that, took Regulate, repackaged it, and put it out and dropped it as my official first single oh, off my album. Right, right. And then all of it shifted from the four million being sold over there, shifted over here to this doing three million. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, and that's when we dropped that this DJ right on top of it. Yeah. And then we hit him with that do you see came right up under there. Yeah. So it, it was it was dope. Wow, that's amazing. But that's how all that stuff uh, came about. Yeah. So after you finished recording Regulate, you and Nate in the studio, y'all listening to it, was it one of those things where y'all like fist pumped in the air? Like, man, we know we got the coldest song ever. We was just sitting there just bouncing. Man, yeah. this shit hard. Drinking, yeah. you know, we were drinking, smoking the joint, just listening to it. We kept playing it back. Yeah. And then what, this was our, our, this is what we used to do with every record. We would go to our homeboys and like, y'all listen to this, tell us what you think about this. Play it, and if they ain't, bouncing to it or grooving to it yeah it's like nah yeah. you know but we played that shit boom all my homeboys they was like damn it's like nigga this shit is banging huh. everybody started hey boom ah, boom boom ah, boom oh, oh. it was hard so yeah. everybody you know that that was my friends was like my uh uh anrs at the same Word, time for too sure, for sure you know, yeah. and even 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 when recording music, even when we used to do like the Chronic and when we did the Chronic and all that stuff like that, just the the people that was in there, the the you know beautiful ladies, homeboys, everybody in there, mm -hmm. those are the signs that would let us know as artists that our shit is banging mm -hmm. when they grooving because they not, they don't do music, they yeah. just hear the shit. Right, for sure. You know I, mean, I mean, yeah, like like your partners, like they. Like like in the neighborhood, the people that's not gonna just tell you yeah to everything. Yeah, they right. gonna be the best ears, the best right. critics to it because they gonna give you the real. Yeah, it's not gonna be from a industry standpoint. It's not gonna be any type of, you know, just anything put on it. It's yeah. just gonna be the real. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so it's interesting because your first two singles, like you you got introduced to the world on uh, motion picture soundtracks. On yes, soundtrack. indeed. Yes, indeed. You know what I mean? That that's just a interesting way i feel like almost like just a kind of unconventional you know what i'm saying way to to bubble get your name out there and yeah. all that so um so then so then with the album dropping and i mean and and, and you was just dropping. i mean it was back to back yeah like the singles like it was back to back classes i mean this dj to uh what what's the song? Uh, Do you see? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't see what I see every day. Shit, has I Warren G. Yeah. I, had a, I got I got a bunch of records. I I got a bunch of records. That, yeah. When did you connect with Dove Shack? Because that uh, song in itself is such a legendary yeah, song summertime in Cali, summertime LBC. in LBC. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were they was bubbling in Long Beach, and actually, uh, uh, Def Jam had got at me about them. They asked me, like, what's up with the Dove Shack? You yeah. know them? I said, yeah, I know them. And um, they was like, well, we, we, like, we like what they doing. We want to we sign them. I think it was uh, uh, Jam Master J, I think. Oh, okay. if I'm not sure, if, 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 I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. 
it was Jam Master J that was in interested in the Dove Shack. So mm -hmm. I did a record with him to help him out and put it on my album. Mm -hmm. And that record catapulted them to being signed by Def Jam, you know, but then Def Jam was like, well, Warren, can we say that they're on G-Funk, mm -hmm. that they G-Funk? I said, yeah, it's all good, but not having a business mind back then, I should have I charged Def Jam right. for that, you know? You know, not, I mean, even though they're my homeboys, but at the same time, I'm, I'm giving my, all the work I put in, I, you guys capitalized off right. of it for free. Right, right. I didn't get no royalties or nothing from nothing with the Dove Shack. All I did was get them signed. Right, right. You know, and they still used my name, mm. G Funk. You know, which I didn't have no problem with. Yeah. You know, them was my guys. They was doing their thing. Yeah. And uh, shit, they shout you out on the on the hook. Yes, I mean, indeed. You, yes, you know indeed. yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. indeed. Oh yeah, and uh. It got them in the game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They, they, some cool cats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to tap into the fact that, you know, you took your career into your own hands, mm -hmm. and you made the moves that were necessary to do that because you could have easily, you know, being Dre's younger brother mm -hmm. and, and, and being so close to, you know, all of this success, you could have easily have, you know, kind of sat back, had an ego, yeah. and have not, you know push forward like how you did. Yeah. I mean, I even see a lot of artists, you know, to this day who are brothers to some superstars yeah. who aren't putting in, you know, that necessary work, at least from yeah. my perspective or other yeah. perspective, yeah, you know, I whatever get, it may be. But can you just speak on just the fact that even though you could be so close to some success, mm -hmm, you can't count somebody else's pockets. You can't right. consider somebody else's success yours. You still got to go and right. get it. Can you speak to that, man? Cause you a testament I had, to that. I had, I had to build my own. You know, I, I didn't never want anybody to say, oh shit, he's the only reason why he done made it is because of Dre. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, ain't trying to, I ain't trying to be one of those guys. Yeah. I want people to know me for what I did. Absolutely. You know, so I just stayed outside the box and really just started putting in work for music. Doing songs, people doing soundtracks, producing for guys like Ron Isley and mm. a bunch of guys, you know, I was I was putting in a lot of work, yeah. you know, to build my own name, to set up my own stage, and and it worked, yeah. you know. And like I said, Tupac and MC Breed, they gave me that first official, like that love to where the records I gave their 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 yeah. two singles mm -hmm. came through me. I did wow. Definition of a Thug, nigga. Wow. On Poetic Justice yeah. soundtrack, yeah. Pac heard me. Heard the endo smoke and he called. I didn't believe it was him at first because I thought I was like, oh, that ain't Pac. My Pac would have, he ain't gonna call me like that. Yeah. So he, it ended up being him. So he told me, come to the studio, went to Echo Sound, brought all my shit, um, went through some samples and stuff like that, mm -hmm. played some discs, and he heard the uh, Wind Parade from, uh, oh my God, it's Wind Parade from, uh, I, that's my guy too, uh, jazz singer. Mm -hmm. Remember, I told you I listened to jazz, yep. so that's what what it uh, it had, that's where that sample it came from. Wimper Ray, so I played yeah, it. Donald Bird. Donald Bird, and uh, so he heard it, and he was like, he started asking me questions, like Warren, like what's up with you, like what's going on, like I'm like, shit, nothing, just 
upset a little bit. You know, I, I'm kind of like on my own. You know, just got into a shootout with a motherfucker and just a bunch of shit was just not cool at that moment. Yeah. So he took everything I said and he put that shit right in the fucking song with the shit that he was, that he added at the same time. Yeah. And he had, he called it my definition of a thug nigga. And so I didn't hear him do the verse. I just, he just went in the booth. Him and the engineer, you know, I, they go into the cans. Yeah. You ain't hearing nothing. Just him and him can hear in the music. So he was in there for about 30 minutes, um, came out, and then he told him, turn it up. Nigga turned that shit up. I was like, damn, I played the cause I was giving. Thank God I'm still living. He was, he was busting. Yeah. And um, he was like, Warren, can you put some scratches and shit, all that shit in there? So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, if it is the season to be served, what you doing? Mop, mobbing like a motherfucker. Huh. Tears the season to be served. What yeah. you doing? Mop, mobbing like a motherfucker. I mixed up all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was he was blown away. And uh, and the the, the uh, Thug Life, uh, Big Psych, mm -hmm. uh, Lil Psych, uh, Rated R, Mac Ten. Macadocious, Mac 10, Macadocious, they all came in the studio because one of their buddies that got killed. So Pac was like, You got to beat Warren? And that's when I did that. How long will they mourn me? Boom. Wow. <laughs> boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. But what was the trip is I used the same sample. Mm -hmm. I used that sample on my album. Remember? Yeah. Well, it's the super, the duper, the Land Cruiser Trooper. But I was doing that for him mm -hmm. just for a song for his homeboy. I said, yeah. this would go good just for you to do a song over it. Mm -hmm. So he did the How Long Will They Mourn Me? Boom, boom, boom. Did the whole verse, everything. He was like, man, I need something. I need a hook. I'm on the phone. Nate. <laughs> Come up here, Tupac need a hook on this song when his homeboys just died. So back then it wasn't no navigation, so you had to tell them how to get there yeah. from the freeway, do this, do that, do that, do that. We was the navigators. Right. And uh they came up in that motherfucking, I wish it was another. How long will they mourn my brother? That shit was out of here. Everybody was like, This shit is dope. But um that's that was uh my first introduction as far as my production being on a major scale. Wow, And wow. Tupac and Bree gave me that platform. Word. And yeah. from there, did you, and so you and introduced Pac to Dre? And yeah. Word. That was my guy. Let me take me and Dre, that's, 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 that was, yeah. that's my guy. I mean, the ultimate doc just like I said, just being able, just being a kid mm -hmm. and then able to grow up and hang with him now, we both hanging you know we can hang we used to go have dinner yeah dinner uh hang out we'd go to clubs he would rent the uh rent a little spot we'd go in there and listen to music that we didn't mm -hmm. did be a lot of beautiful women food and we just have a good time yeah you know this was this was still like you know this was later on after the success of everybody yeah you yeah. know i i ain't never had no static right. at all i ain't never had no static yeah. um that's what's up you know yeah so um, we were talking about uh, Do You See, 
And uh, we bumped heads a couple of times, but it's, it, you know it ain't no static. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, on the song, do you see? Um, you know, you were just talking about a mm -hmm. lot of topics that's like just still relevant today. I mean, yeah. you were talking about just some of the general principles that you live by, like minding your own business and yeah. you know what I'm saying, moving a certain way. But yeah. then I think it was at the end of the verse where you said uh, you was like, "Who's really the victim?" The one that's doing the jacking, the brother the doing the jacking, jacking or the, the food, food getting is, jacked. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, though, because that is still relevant yeah. to today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a trip. Um, doing that record, you know, it, it, was, it was a lot going on. Uh, me and Mr. Grimm, it kind of like fell out a little bit. Yeah. There was a lot of things going on. Like I said, you know, my you mentioned mom, that my in the mama, rap too. Huh? You mentioned that in the rap too. Yeah, it yeah. was I said shit is getting so hectic that I that I can't even trust him now. Yeah. What would you do for a Warren G cut? Would you act a fool and nut the fuck up? Back the fuck up, act the fuck up. Niggas talk shit, they get smacked the fuck up, straight up. And that that was just, you know, we I was pissed off at, yeah. at that time. Uh on that record. You know who helped me write that record? Hmm. Corrupt. Word. Yeah, he helped me write that record. I'm uh -huh. gonna tell you another uh, secret. Uh, if you listen to this DJ, you could hear uh, Snoop on there. I had to, cause Death Row wouldn't let Snoop be on the record. I had, he was doing the hook for me. Snoop was doing the hook for me, but I had, so I had to, I had to do, I did the hook and I had Snoop up under it. I put the, the, the uh, chipmunk voice oh, on right. him. Yeah. You know, Snoop helped me write that record. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's what's So up. those two records, that Snoop helped me with this DJ Corrupt, helped me with Do You See. Mm -hmm. Everything else was, was all me. Word. Yeah. Word, word. Uh, we, I, 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 I joked about Sniffin' Griffin, uh, uh -huh. your barbecue mm -hmm. uh, company, but can you talk about that? Because I've, I've been to Snoop's Compound in L.A. Uh, yeah. for an event, maybe like twice where I've experienced, you know what I'm saying, like you cooking. Oh, and, you was and, there. Bruh. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> like the, oh, yeah. there was, before the pandemic, there was a gaming event at, uh, at, at the uh, compound. Yes, indeed. And so I was there, I got two plates. Yes, for sure. indeed. You know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, and, um, yeah, no, nah, most definitely. So can you talk about, uh, you know, Sniffing Griffin and, and, and how you got that started and just how yeah. you killing it, you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying, with catering events and oh, yeah. all types of, you know, all of that. Yeah, Sniffing Griffin's uh, BBQ was inspired by just by my father mainly. Uh, he was a chef. He was in the Navy, he boxed, he was a chef. And uh, just the events that, that him and my parents used to have were having the barbecues with everybody having fun and it's good music and good conversation and just a good feeling that stuck with me. Um, and I used to try to do that even when we was hustling as mm -hmm. a young teen. I would be, you can ask Snoop too. I used to always cook no right. matter what we was doing. I yeah. would cook just to, you know, just to take our mind off of what's going on. Because yeah. that memory of having good times, I wanted to bring that element wherever I was at. Mm -hmm. And um, so. I was inspired by my father, you know, that way. And a lot of other pit masters, even a guy named Sonny out of Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee. Uh, he, he was another inspiration. You know, while I was on my quest, like being a pit master, mm -hmm. you know, 
I stopped by there and, and uh, he gave me a lot of game on, on you know, with wood, mm-hmm. you know, so that helped me with smoking. And uh, so I'm just, I just used to love to cook and go places and cook and have fun and do everything. So all my friends was like warm. It was like, you need to, you need to create product to go with that because you, you, you got a platform, you a yeah. brand. So create, you know, some product to go with the Sniffin' Griffin. So I got a, a few of my friends that, that's uh, in the culinary world, helped me with my sauces mm-hmm. um, and my rubs. Okay. You know, as far as my, my, one of my rubs was all me, but one of my other rubs, some of my friends helped me put mm-hmm. that together. Gotcha. And with my sauces, uh, my homegirl Kat, she had helped me with that along with the different flavors that whatever I wanted, she would make it taste like that. Gotcha. Very unique flavors. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta, uh, that I'm trying to get the world to taste, which is it's starting to work out okay. for me. What flavors uh, or sauces do you currently have? I have uh, We Brings Heat. That's a, that's a really, good, really good one. I have the OG Smokey and I have the OG, the original. Okay. And uh, really good sauces. I, I don't want to tell you about it, but yeah. you just got to taste it. Okay. And where can they and buy them? Like, hmm. Well, where- you did get a chance to taste it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, we we is sniffing Griffins BBQ.com. That's F S N I F F I N Griffins G R I F F I N S BBQ.com. Sniffing Griffins BBQ.com. But. I'm in the I'm in the works right now, talking to a lot of uh, big companies to start, you know, potentially getting it in store. So yeah. hopefully we'll be in Walmart out here soon, Costco, and uh, you know, different stores, Kroger's and stuff yeah. like that. So nah. we're working on it. It's it's, it's coming together. But Word. for now, people can get it at SniffingGriffinsBBQ.com online. Word, that's what's up, man. And if you if 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 you able to get your hands on some, or if you can catch <laughs> Warren at the event, oh, I'm yeah. telling you, you will you will, you will not you you will not be oh, disappointed, yeah. man. That mac and yeah. cheese, I oh, remember, yeah. bro. That's TT's mac and yes, cheese. Yes, sir. My wife, I, she 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 did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yes, remember that, did. man. Them pans of mac and cheese went so fast. <laughs> I remember that, bro. But yeah, um, Snoop trying to he he told me say God damn nigga we on tour right now he yeah. telling me like nigga I think you need to be the chef on the tour um, right now Warren I said God damn what well, shit I gotta perform to this shit kicking my because I cook for him yeah. right now I be cooking for him like uh, my homegirl Queen B be like Warren Snoop say could you make it for Wayne <laughs> yeah huh. all right. shout out to Queen too man but he so he 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 love my wings he love all my I got I do beef flankings. Yeah. He love all that shit. You right. know, everybody, all, everybody that tasted yeah. really enjoy it. I got some different twists that I'm putting together. Right. Uh, two that's going to be a little different. I can't yeah. let everybody know yet, but yeah. it's going to really be uh, a game changer in that's the barbecue up. world. That's what's up, man. I was just in Houston uh, with Bun B. And, uh, I'm going to go. I'm, we'll be in Houston in a couple weeks. That's what's up, man. His trail burgers are really on point. And uh, yes, it's just dope to you know, see so many people from the culture um, yeah. tapping into that camaraderie. Yeah, tapping into food, yeah. fashion, you know, technology, yeah. you know, all of these things. Yeah, it's about know. building, man. Just building it and not having your eggs all in one basket. Yeah. You gotta gotta expand and and, and just create other avenues, mm-hmm. you know, and just listen to what the, the 
people who became billionaires, what they did, you yeah. know, most of them like, they have five to 10 businesses. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them is gonna stick and create a really big revenue stream for yeah. you. And then that'll catapult the rest of them to create a, a, a revenue stream for you. Yeah. So that's, that's what it's about uh, building and also providing a, 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 a lane for your family. Yeah. Hire your nephews and sons and stuff to work for the company, run it. You know, my sons, you know, they, they go and they be packaging up, they package up my, uh, you know, we got our own little warehouse. They oh, package right. everything tough. up. My wife yeah. and my kids, they do that. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. You know, yeah. and, um, you know, it's just, you know, teaching them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, some of it get be a little late sometimes. I'll be, I'll be having to get in their ass. <laughs> but, uh, but it's all working out, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, from them doing that, hopefully once everything switches over, you guys can go into a different position of overseeing and not having to do straight hand work. You yeah. know, you could be CEOs and managers and helping other people learn and teaching them the business at the same time. Right. No, that's what's up. I mean, it's so important to be able to build these businesses yeah. and, you know, be able to teach our kids and, yeah. and, and other people close to us who want to learn, yeah. who want to, who want this knowledge to be able to, you know, learn entrepreneurship and, you know, things yeah. like that and just the values and things like that that come with it. So yes, indeed, that's no, really dope. Um, Warren, what else you working on, man? What else you got uh, coming up? Uh, got a, a single with Lil Wayne. Okay. It's called All Alone. I'm working on the EP that's going to bounce right off of that. Okay. Uh, working on my 30 year anniversary record. Okay. Um, still yeah, young in the game, <laughs> young world. I'm still young in the game. I ain't super old, but you know, I'm still young in the game. I'm gonna do my 30 year uh, anniversary yeah. album. I mean, that's a blessing, bro. We, we celebrating the 50th year of hip hop yes, and, and the culture and everything. So, you know, to be able to stand the test of time, to be able to say that you had a song that's 30 years old that mm -hmm. 20 year olds can rap word for word right, right now. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a trip. Um, just, you know, God had my back, <laughs> you know, yeah. and still have my back. You know, it's it's about you know in this in this business, um, even though it's a different hip hop game today. You know, with a lot of dudes with the ops here, they saying ops this, ops that, and killing and all that shit. Yeah. That's that's that ain't that's different. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, but they they make good records. You right. know, don't get me wrong. I, I I you know I don't hate on the young world. You know, I don't condone like a lot of that that shit that be going back and forth as far as motherfuckers getting killed and this, that, and this, but battling on the record, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Knuckle up here and there, that's fine. Yeah. yeah but yeah. the killing part is just, that That ain't, I mean, our shit was, don't get it wrong, our shit was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. But it wasn't just for nothing. Our right. shit wasn't for nothing. They killing over uh, some shit with a woman, a girl. <laughs> right. Y'all killing over some ass. Or somebody said some you ain't got more bodies than me. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> that shit is crazy. They playing this shit like a video game, and that shit ain't. And it hurts. It, it only when it, when it touch you close. That's when your ass say, you know what? Right. Hold up. I gotta slow down. Yeah. You know what? You know. I just hope they they get that shit. You know. You know. Cause it's like. It's making money for the record companies and shit, but it's also taking people's lives. You got to think you taking a brother, a sister, a, a, 
a, a, a nephew, a niece, a, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, somebody's daddy, somebody's mother. You know what I mean? That yeah. shit crazy. I mean, ego is a deadly disease. I ain't playing man. that shit. You yeah. know, I, I got, like I said, I got love for the young world, the my era, the whole nine. Yeah. You know, but the thing that to build great relationships, you know, that's the key to being to having longevity in the music business is mm -hmm. create great relationships. Don't be one of those ones that's always in the shit and just a, a cancer to yeah. the industry. You know, I try to build relationships with people so whenever I come, like where I'm at right now, mm -hmm. look, I'm, a, I'm, I'm here at DGB. Yeah. I'm on the porch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit. And, you know, just building relationships and, and you know, I, don't get me wrong, I was a hothead at one point. Mm -hmm got that reality check mm -hmm. you know where i was about to be in jail for a long time yeah <clears throat> but i i said to myself you know what i said god if you give me another chance i promise i won't get in no more troubles i was i was in trouble trouble yeah. trouble 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 huh. it was bad <laughs> and uh got blessed with another shot at at the end of music industry and life on the street mm -hmm. so i changed my whole Life. I, I ain't been in contact with the police in like 26 years, something right. like that. Yeah. Changed my whole life and, and just started building relationships because I don't want to be a, that motherfucker that they, people hate. Mm -hmm. You know, so artists, take heed of that. Yeah, that's real. I got a couple of uh, hip hop nerd questions that mm -hmm. I've always wanted to ask you okay. before we get out of here. So, okay. um, is it true that you were, um, that you were close to Bell and Pac out of jail? Uh, back when he was locked. True. Okay. Yeah. Um, Richie Rich is one of my good friends. Okay. And him and Pac was, was like that at mm -hmm. that time. And I was out there in the Bay hanging out with Rich because we was both on Def Jam. And um, I told Rich, I said, look, man, I said, write Pac, whenever you talk to him again, tell him I'll bail him out. Because I think it was like a couple hundred thousand or something like that. I was like, I'll bail him out. I said, I don't want nothing back. Just give me a verse. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You know, so I got beat to the punch. Should beat me to the punch and uh and belt him out. Word, word. Mm -hmm. Um is it true that you recorded uh, or you produced a song for Michael Jackson, but it never came out, yes. you never heard it? Yeah, I produced I, a couple records. I did about maybe three or four records for oh, Michael wow. Jackson. It was uh Renee and uh oh he gonna he'd kill me if he seen me the the, the the main guy the white dude uh big dude he had the beard uh what was his name he was like the main Michael Jackson main guy I forgot okay. it was Renee from Renee and Angela uh -huh. and it was uh God was was it, it was either Brent or Brett or, it was one of those names I think if I'm not mistaken and uh met Michael Jackson. Okay, you got to meet him. Yeah, that? I got yeah. to meet him. It was at record one. Yeah. Uh, came in there and, and he was just just like a regular motherfucker. Like, yeah. like what's up, man? Like, like that. It wasn't that. <laughs> hey, you know. See, I was gonna ask you that too. No, nah, it was like, hey, what's up, man? And you know, really love your music, man. And da 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 da. It was like that. Word. Yeah. Mike was a real dude. It wasn't no, like. 
Yeah. Like he was, nah, he was yeah. a real, like he talked like how yeah. we talking. Word, word. Mm -hmm. That's so ill when you hear these stories about yeah. like Michael Jackson and hear like that, you know, how much of a real one he was. Yeah. And then even a cat like Prince on the yeah, same Prince tip. Prince the same like, way. You know same what I mean? Same way. So, Good dude. Yeah. Was cool and would give us James Brown. Word. Giving us game. He sat with me and Snoop. We sat with him for about at least eight to ten hours, maybe wow. longer than that. Wow. And just talking. He just giving us the game. Yeah. Yeah. Word. And that's why I say Snoop is the hardest motherfucking working artist I know in my life. I ain't never seen nobody grind and work as hard as him. Yeah. You know, so I was like, damn, I, you, I, I had to bow down a few times. We just talked today. I said, nigga, I had to bow. <laughs> I said, I just told him that today. <laughs> I said, I had to bow down. You, yeah. you, I couldn't do it. Nah, that's what's up, though, man. I mean, you know, they say that, you know, you're supposed to keep a certain type of company mm -hmm. with you, you know, yeah. to inspire you. Yeah. So for your best friend to be one of the hardest working people out here, and then I bet for him on the other side. I used side, to be like bro, that to him. I used to be like that as far as getting us out exactly. there in the music industry. That's yeah. how I used to be. And now he didn't turn and now he's right. on right. doing it in the industry, yeah. hard working. And, and how I was just talking about how, you know, you took your circumstances and you know, you didn't sit back and, and, and feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. You took it, you took yeah. the ball, you ran with it, and you yeah. made opportunities happen, you made things happen. Yeah. And I'm sure for bruh to watch you from his perspective yeah. do that and not have to ask for handouts, not have to ask, yeah. I, I know that that just gives just a certain level of respect even from that side to you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Warren, I didn't you had got, ups and downs before. For sure. You know, I mean, but, all partners yeah. do, all brothers do. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, no, nah, most definitely, man. Well, Warren, man, it, it's been a pleasure, bro, being good. able to chop it up with you, man. You got any um, shout outs or any words you want to leave the fans with before we Shit, get up out uh, of here? Uh, much love to everybody out here. Much love to you guys off the porch for having me here on you guys' platform. Uh, much love for Funky and the Funky OG. Gave oh, me a, man, come gave on. gave me a gift. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> I'm in town, that's my kinfolk. There we go, love that Funky and, OG. Uh, I do have a lot of family out here. Word. And uh, much love to everybody out here. Uh, much love to the young era. Uh, and just, just, you know, everybody out in this motherfucker. Much love, shit. Yes, <laughs> Nobody does it better. Sitting here tripping, my mind is blocked. Nate Dog just bit it, so it's time to concoct. No one can do it better.